Welcome everybody, I'm Tristan Cannell, and this is Talking with TK. George Cambosis, the rising star of Australian boxing. With the careers of Anthony Mundine and Danny Green coming to an end, Australia is looking for a new champ. George is charismatic, confident, and is a young man making his way up the world rankings. In today's episode, we explore the life and career of George Cambosis. From his origins as an overweight and bullied child, playing junior representative footy for the Cronulla Sharks, to now finding his true love of boxing. We explore his relationship with new trainer, Justin Fortune, his recent fights which have tested him and pushed him to the distance, but and also leading by example and working outworking the competition. All this and more on Talking with TK. Before we get to George, a big thank you for tuning in and for everyone that subscribed and shared the show. If you haven't yet, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you could share it with your family and friends, it would be much appreciated. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Our special guest is George Cambosis. George is the rising star of Australian boxing. He has a record of 12-0 and zero with six KOs. Currently the WBA number nine in the 61.2 kg lightweight division where he holds the WBA Oceana and the PABA Championship. We welcome to Talking with TK, George Cambosis. George, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you, Tristan, man. It's a pleasure to be on the, uh, on the show. George, let's start with last week. I was watching your fight over in Auckland, man. You, you had actually a pretty good opponent in Camille Bala. He gave you, you know, the first couple of rounds, it looked like you were filling him out. He looked like he was switch-hitting a little bit on you. Tell us a little bit about the fight, man. Yeah, look, Camille is um, an established guy. He was a former Australian champion division above. Um, really good amateur career. Commonwealth in Australian Commonwealth Games. Uh, awkward guy. Big, big guy as well. Lanky. Um, you know, like I said, leading up to the fight, we're going to show again how good I am and, and, and why I am the next superstar in Australian boxing. And obviously that first round, he, he tried his best and he realised, uh, I think, midway through that first round when I hit him with that nice uppercut that Keep his voice and hit, and uh, after that, come round two, and to, to the end of the fight, where well, he was lucky to survive. Um, you know, it's just entertaining, entertaining fight, but I just uh, won every round after that first round. Yeah, George, were you expecting to switch hit from the start? Look, I, I know he likes to switch, and so do I. Um, I switch a lot too, so I expected, but I didn't actually expect for him to sit in South for so long. So I'm very happy the way I adjusted straight away. Um, I had some really good Seattle sparring as well in, in LA when I was training out of uh, Wildcard and, and, and Fortune's gym. Um, so as soon as he, he, he stayed in Seattle, I thought, beautiful, that uppercut, that right hook, that straight lead uh, right hand and double right hand is going to land all night. So if you want to stay in that position, then, then I'll uh, outbox you in that position. Or if you want to go back to orthodox and fight conventional, then I can uh, outbox you like that as well. So for me, if they want to they brawl, then I'll just pick them apart. If they want to box, then 
um, I'll pick them apart as well. Yeah. We'll go into your relationship with Justin Fortune later in the show. What I wanted to start with was just that style. You know, your nickname is Ferocious, but I know you come straight ahead. You're action-packed, man. Where did you develop yeah. that style from? Um, look, I'm a very hungry, hungry fighter. And, um, you know, in the amateurs, when I started my career, I was very, very aggressive, a lot more aggressive than I was now. Being a young kid, I'd come flying in and, and, and try to knock these guys out. Um, as my career developed and I, and I matured a lot more, I started to, my speed started to, to really um, take place in the, in the way I fight. Um, my power started getting stronger, so I became more of a sitting boxer using my angles. Um, but my style, my style creates the same aggressive so I mean, Even if I'm boxing on the way backwards, I, I like to put three, four, and five punch combinations together. Um, I'm very accurate. I, I make these guys miss and I make them pay. So, um, you know, you can see my style. It's just the most exciting style in Australian boxing since it's been in the world. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, you're going to put a lot of bums on seat with that style. You know, you're action-packed. Definitely. Really like it. But... In terms of you and looking up to anyone growing up, who are your favourite boxers, man? I look at a lot of different fighters that, that um, you know, not, not as fighters, just like to, to watch them and see the way they fight and pick up little different things. Um, I inspire myself what I do, you know, and not sounding uh, cocky or brash, but I inspire myself, seeing myself how far I'm, I'm going and, and the hard work I put in. But the fighters that I've really, you know, that I've looked up to, um, guys like Miguel Cotto, Roberto Duran, Manny Pacquiao, um, Floyd Mayweather, even Adrian Blaine, I like his style. Um, guys like this, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, Tyson, you know, all, all these legends of the sport, you know, I've looked up to and, and um, you know, taking little little bits, little bits of what they do and I've, I've put them in a, in a pot, stirred them around and I've created my style. Yeah. Now, there's, there's a few rumours going around that you might be going over next week to the Philippines with Manny Pacquiao. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I was, uh, I was out training with, uh, obviously, Justin Fortune, which is uh, Manny's uh, strength conditioning coach, and as well helps out with the boxing, as well as uh, Freddie Roach, who's Manny's uh, long-time boxing coach um, in LA. Um, look, at the moment, we're not going to officially announce anything, but next couple of days, there will be some, uh, some more news on that. If it does happen, it'll be it'll be it'll be a great experience and a great uh, you know learning curve for me as well to be in with such a such a you know, great champion, a, a guy that when you talk about you know the best boxers in the world, Pacquiao is up there. So to be able to share the ring and and, and to be uh, to be involved with, with Manny Camp will, will be amazing, and uh, we'll just have to wait in the next couple of days to to see if it's hundred percent. Well, good luck with that for sure, George. Have you met Manny in person before? I haven't met Manny. I actually uh, do go events organised when he was here in Sydney um, in the private press conference. I had just flown in from LA from my training camp and uh, Duco booked me a hotel, got me, uh, got changed and uh, come downstairs and I was, I was the only uh, non-media guy in the, in the private media press conference between uh, Pacquiao and Horn um, with my manager and, and my partner. And then uh, after the press conference, uh, they actually... Dean Lonegra from Zuko brought Manny to me and uh, we had a good chat about obviously the sparring partners that I was with, um, that I was sparring with in America, Ray Gortai and Jose Ramirez, who are also Manny's sparring partners as well. So we had a good chat, a couple other stuff about obviously Freddie and, and Justin and um, you know, real, real good guy, real humble champion he is. What was your first impression of him? Um, my first impression obviously is, is you know, this guy has reached the pinnacle of, of boxing, you know, 
eight-time world champions, different weight divisions, you know. Um, and still he's there. No, no security, no nothing. He's there. And, and you know, I can be in this situation, you know, I can be in this role very, very soon. Um, and what a great guy, you know. That's, that's the first thing that came to me. Like, sit there and, 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 and have a good chat with, with myself, you know, a young fighter coming up the ranks, and that's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And let's talk about Justin Fortune. Your relationship, I think over the last 12 months, just watching you fight, you really have taken it to another level. So let's talk about your relationship with Justin. Let's start with how you actually met him. Um, well, the, well, the, the, well, the plan was for me to get to 10-0 as a pro and then obviously head over to America and um, get some real good sparring in and, and see how it was with that. Um, I first contacted Justin, obviously, through Facebook. And um, I messaged him, told him a little bit about myself, how I was rated, I think, number 13 or 14 in the world with a WBO, uh, yep. WBA. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him that I'd like to come over and, and do some training with you for six weeks and get some good sparring in. He actually was, he was actually coming to Australia for the uh, Solomon Hamona Joseph Parker fight. Yep. I'm actually really mates with, uh, good mates with Sol as well. Oh, nice one. Training for, the, for the past uh, couple of years. And I'm um, actually worked hand-in-hand with each other. Justin uh, wanted to, to meet me and do a, do a training session together. Um, so I ended up going down and, and uh, training with him at Water, Waterloo uh, PCYC. Yeah. One thing led to another. Um, we gelled. He liked my style. Obviously, I, I flew over there a couple of weeks later to the US. Uh, we, we, we got straight into it for that six weeks. We sparring some really, really good fighters. Sergi Lipinets, who's the number one um, ranked fighter in the IBF, is going to fight for the world title, like welterweight. Andre Klimov, who's gone the distance with Terence Crawford and, and yeah. um, some other fighters. Um, and we, we gelled, you know, we gelled, we clicked. Obviously, I came back to Australia. I, I continued my prep and uh, fought Brandon Ogilvy. Um, and I put on another great performance for, for Australian boxing and myself, taking him out uh, over 12 rounds. And then uh, back again a couple of weeks ago for the, uh, for the Camille Barla fight. Um, mm-hmm. I was out there, so it's a real good relationship, and obviously we're going to be working a lot, a lot more with uh, with, with Justin and uh, as well as Freddie Roach is going to be involved in my career um, from now on. Yeah, in terms of education and your biggest improvement over the last twelve months, what do you think that was? Uh, look, a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge from these guys. These guys have trained a lot of different different uh, world champions, and I've seen so many different styles. Um, you know, my angles, my, my pivoting, sitting down on my shots. You know. I was always a fast fighter, but now the little little tweaks I'm doing in my game, really sitting on the shots and pivoting, you can tell from my last fight how evident it is, um, how sharp I am, how fast I'm getting in position to attack and then I'm getting out. So little things like that, as well as the uh, the confidence of, of, of being sparring with the best fighters in the world. Um, like I said, number one contenders, guys that are going to fight and eliminate guys that have fought for world titles, um, guys that are going to fight for world titles, so... You know, and, and I'm matching it with these guys, if not, you know, giving it to them as well. So, for me, it's, it's, it's a real confidence boost, and, and I know where I'm at. I know where where I'm at after 20, uh, at 23 years of age and after 12 uh, pro fights. So, but the, uh, the world is at my feet at, at this stage of my career. Is that the biggest thing about America, just the sparring partners, the knowledge with coaches? Is that the biggest difference with this, right? Definitely. Um, look, America can either make or break an Aussie fighter. Um, you either go there and you spar these best guys in the world, and and you uh, you know you, you do well, and you say, you know what, I am at this level. Or like a lot of fighters have gone, they've gone and sparred. Um, they ha- they pulled up short with uh, with sparring. They haven't done what what they, they thought they would do, and 
they realize that you know what, I'm never going to be at this level if I'm getting beat up and sparring in America. Then how am I going to how am I going to compete at this level? So again, it comes down to your confidence as well as a fighter. And um, like I said, it makes or breaks um, a lot of Aussie fighters. And and the, the fighters that do go over there without sparring in, in America um, and just go over there to fight, you know, our win win loss ratio um, is not very good at all in America. So I, I'm very confident I'm going to change that and. Um, you know, we've got some really, really big things uh, coming in, in this next uh, couple months. Yeah, and how did the Americans embrace you in terms of, like, you would have been one of the only Aussies over there. In terms of away from boxing, was it just eating, sleeping, boxing, or did you mix with the boys as well? No, no, pretty much. Uh, look, the first time I went there, we, we were training, eat, sleep, train, and uh, obviously we, it was the first time properly been in America. I, I had been there as, a, as an amateur for in the, in the ringside tournament in Kansas, but this time as a pro, as an established pro, coming from Australia, um, it was a good, good, different, different experience. Um, we've still done a, a lot of different stuff too. We, we wanted to check out the place as well. Uh, have, to, have a bit of downtime, but um, the last recent trip, a couple of weeks ago, it was all business. It was, it was, it was no, no games. But, um, we sparred 75 rounds with the best in the world under, just under three weeks. So there wasn't much uh, tourism. <laughs> <laughs> we just went there, put in the work, um, you know, got the job done. We came back and uh, obviously gave Australian boxing, New Zealand boxing, and the world boxing because there's a lot of viewers on this spot a masterclass, and I just showed how good I am. You must have felt pretty good though when you think about it. Joseph Parker was the main event. You know, his his opponent wasn't the best opponent. So at the end of the day, your fight probably was the best fight on the card. So like you just did mention that exposure there, it, it was pretty awesome. So you must be pretty pleased with that, man. Yeah, it was, it was huge exposure, um, especially. It was supposed to be on main event TV, and then it moved to uh, free to uh, box store free to air. Pretty much, um, we got a lot more viewers. Yeah. Uh, especially back, especially back in Australia, you know, like we want. I rather give. I rather give the the fans for free. I rather make less money, but give the fans the the free exposure, so they can get back into boxing and really, really enjoy what what, what a young fighter like myself is doing. Um, we, we could afford anybody my last two fights but we chose obviously Ogilvy um, he was a number one division number 10 in the world we, we chose him we, we, we fought him we beat him we put on a masterclass now we, we took on uh, another great established fighter Camille Bala um, where you know we, we got the job done again in, in great fashion yeah um, you know this, this exposure you know I, I said it in a couple of interviews before the, uh, the, the Camille Bala fight where I said I would steal the show and um you know, just no disrespect to anyone on the on the uh, on the, on the uh, night of the fight, but um, obviously Parker's fight didn't live up to the full expectation. But you got to understand that his opponent was changed. Uh, yeah, last week. minute. It was a lot of lot of lot of um, you know very hard for him to, to just to have a new opponent and, and a different style, a different different uh, surrounding of the fight. You know, different exposure of the fight. Um, it was been very hard, so obviously he got the job done and he'll move on to bigger and better things as well. Yeah, it's actually interesting you, you talk about, you know, putting boxing on for free on TV and things like that, because what I've been noticing of late, but following between the UFC and boxing, is that there's definitely been a shift and boxing's actually starting to take over again. And I think that has a lot to do with A, one, boxing being free on TV again a lot more, and two, yep. all you guys actually fighting really good fighters. So the best of the best are actually fighting now, where five or six years ago, everyone was just ducking each other. Would you agree on that? That's 100% correct. Um, look, uh, boxing is back, I believe, on a world stage, on, a, on, a, on an Australian scene, 
there's only a handful of guys that are actually fighting the top guys. Um, myself, uh, Jeff Horn, obviously, is going to fight Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Um, there's only a couple other guys that, that are doing it. The rest, a lot of Aussie fighters are still fighting no names, guys that have got more losses than wins on their records and just building up, um, you know, their record and walking around like, you know, like the king of, of, of boxing. But um, when you when you do have, eventually you do have to fight someone of caliber and then they find out um, the big difference and they'll realise that records don't mean nothing. It's all about who you're fighting on your way to, to that world title. And um, like myself, perfect blueprint, you know, we've taken the right fights and we've beaten everyone we've had to beat and all the top guys here in Australia and now we're on to, I've cleaned up the division um, here. Now it's on to obviously the world stage and we only want top 15 guys in the world. We don't, we're not looking at fighting anyone else. All right, with that said, who's next? I've heard you call Billy Billy Dib out a couple of times, and I think that will be a great domestic fight. But realistically, I think you're right, and I think you have to pretty much move over to to America to find your next opponent. But what's in the works next, buddy? Uh, look, Billy, Billy ain't relevant anymore. Um, he hasn't been relevant for a couple of years, so um, obviously that, that chapter's passed between me and him, and um, obviously there's a lot of uh, a lot of little issues between me and, my, me and him, and... Uh, a few things got, got sorted on a particular night, but I'm not going to explain too much about that. Sure. But uh, for me, next is June 17th. June 17th here in Sydney. This will be most likely my last fight in Australia for a long time. Um, we have some big promoters, obviously, uh, looking at myself, and we will be moving on after this for the bigger fights. But this will be my last fight. We'll be fighting Franklin Lamani, who fought for the world title um, last year. He fought Dijon Zlatikan for the WBC uh, world title. It's another big step. He's a tough Bolivian. He's been in some good names on his. He's been in some good guys on his record. Um, a guy that's been been at the top had a, had a, a great, you know, opportunity of fighting for the world title. And this will be for the WBC, the IBF International title, plus the defense of my WBA uh, Oceania title. So he's going to put me across the board um, on all the associations. My WBA will keep moving up. I'll be rating the WBC and IBF, and obviously we'll be ready for after this fight for uh, any of the world champions. Yeah, definitely. Have they got a venue for the fight yet there, George? Um, there's been uh, some talks of different venues. It looks like it will be in Homebush at the Sports Centre. Yeah, nice one. Um, big venue. Which I have such a big fan base now in Sydney. So um, there was a couple of different venues, the Casino and uh, the new Darling Harbour Exhibition Centre. They couldn't cater for the amount of tables that I actually bring into to, uh, my fight. So this is the next best venue that we can have obviously in Homebush where um, such a great venue as well so we can really uh, accommodate all the, all the fans all the people that are behind me like, so every day I'm just getting more fans more, um, more people supporting on what I'm doing guys if you haven't yet make sure to check out episode 1 with Mark Hunt here's a sneak peek there is something that inspires me that I like to sit down and read. So it's called The Man in the Arena. So I read it to you before I go anyway. So it's something how, something how I try to live my life with and, and why I'm a fighter. And it explains when I read it, I, I say, this is just what I feel like all the time. So, and especially after a hard day in office or after a loss, a loss. So here we go. It's, uh, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or the door of deeds could have done any better. The credit belongs to the man who is empty in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who does, 
who know his great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. So, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know the victory nor defeat. So I like reading that before I go to war as battle, and I've read it a few times for different other people. So that's what actually inspires me to do work, to keep doing what I'm doing and striving to be the best because, you know, I get asked all the time at parties by people who say, Mark, I don't know how you can be a fighter there, how you can do that. But then I say to them, mate, I don't know how you can sit in their car for two hours and go to work for someone else. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show via iTunes and please leave us a five-star review. Share it with your family and friends and please get in touch at Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. Now back to the show. Your last couple of fights, you've gone the distance, you went 12 rounds and then you went 10 rounds. You look pretty fresh at the end of that, that 10 rounds. You were right on top of him, man. How did you find that those extra couple of rounds under your leg? Look, um, I, love, I love the long distance stuff, you know. I'm a professional no matter what I do. I'm always training. Come um, uh, Monday uh, this week, a couple of days after the fight, I was back running 10Ks, um, training in the gym. I don't stop. I love, I love what I do. And obviously you can see the benefits of, of the way I've been, uh, been fighting these long-distance fights. Look, these guys are tough guys. Ogilvy's a tough guy. Um, I nearly got, rid of, nearly got him out of there, but uh, he, he held on and, and uh, finished the fight, which credit to him. Same as Kamil Bala, he was very lucky to make it out the fight. He's another 20 seconds since he's done. Um, if it was a 12-round fight for, for the Oceana title, which we, we, we really wanted, um, as he was the interim champion, unfortunately the, uh, the promoter and the promoter um, and uh, the association have a couple couple few uh, issues between each other, so the belt couldn't be on the line. Um, we really wanted that, but uh, if it was a 12-round fight, we would have not lasted the 12 rounds, but... He's all experienced. He's all experienced rounds for me. You know, getting in 20, uh, 22 rounds against two good, really strong, strong opponents. Um, you know, it's just going to benefit me in the long run. And I'm only 23. My power is just getting bigger and bigger every day. Yeah. Getting sharp. I'm getting stronger. And uh, come another couple of years when I'm going to be fighting, obviously all the top guys. And I'm talking about the champions in the world. I'm going to knock all these boys out. I love the confidence, George. Is that something? Because having a look at your story, you know, you've got a great story that maybe a lot of people don't know about the whole, the whole thing, especially as a child. I know you were overweight, you were bullied. Can we talk about that side of things a little bit and how much of an impact your childhood had on what you do now? Good, yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was an obese kid um, as a young kid. Um, obviously bullied at school, school always pick last for, for anything we do. Always finished last when we, when we would uh, have any cross countries or, or running races, um, playing rugby league at the same stage. I'd always finish last, but I'd never cheat myself. I would make sure that when I when we do the uh, the full um, footy field that I wouldn't cut the corners, and I knew that would pay off. Obviously, when I when I grew up, fell into boxing by chance. Um, we only moved into boxing to, to benefit my footy career, and then one thing led to another. Um, you know, boxing, boxing got, got better. Um, stayed in my rugby league. I made the Sharks development squad for, for, uh, for rugby. Yep. And uh, obviously I made a New South Wales team as an amateur in uh, boxing. So my father, who's my manager, always, always said that there would come a time where there'd be a crossroad. And I, wouldn't, I didn't understand it at that stage, but it did, it did come. And I put my full, um, 
not full himself uh, into, into boxing and, and put everything into it to, to push him around today. Who was your first coach, man? Hey, what was that? Who was your first coach? Um, my first coach was uh, Eagle Gulliver out of the uh, out of the uh, Rocky PCYC. PCYC. Um, yeah, so he was my first coach, and obviously we've been together the whole time. Um, you know, obviously now it's time to, to move on to, to to bigger and better things. I've passed this this, uh, this Australian boxing stage now yeah. at the world level, and um, you know, it's all about evolving and being the best fighter that I can be. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all happening for, for, for myself. In terms of, you know, you setting such a great example, I know on your social media you're always out training. You know, from your past experiences, has anyone set you up into things like speaking at schools or really showing your story and trying to teach the kids the right way to, to you know, really tr- treat each other? Yeah, yeah we, have, we have done a couple of things um, through some different schools and organisations. Um, I, I do want to start looking at doing a few more now that... Uh, my name's getting bigger, and I'm getting a more of a more high profile, um, my higher profile in, in the media and, and in the public. My manager is working on a few things. Obviously, we got we got the fight coming up, and we've got a lot of things happening at this stage. But um, I know after this fight, um, I, have, I have my uh, I have my first child born. And I will have a little bit more extra time, um, so I will be getting involved in a lot more more things um, like that as well to help these younger kids and. And be a part of uh, inspiring these, these younger generations to do good things as well. Okay, when when is your baby due, man? Uh, July tenth. Oh, fantastic! Or 11th. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you, and that, that's that's the reason why a lot of people ask me on the uh, Pacquiao Horn undercard. I was on it. I do have a spot if I want it. Um, that you know, why wouldn't they put the best fight in Australia on it? Um, yeah, exactly. The only reason I had the only reason I had to put uh, put it aside is obviously the baby's due pretty much that week. Um, and it could come any time, so obviously sometimes you have to put family first, and there will be uh, big opportunities for myself, and, um, you know, one thing you, you can't miss is obviously the, the birth of your first child. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's let's talk a little bit about family, because you've got a Greek heritage, correct? Yeah, Greek heritage, very proud of it. Oh, fantastic. Is that from both sides of the family, or just, just your father's? Yeah, both sides. Both sides of... Have the uh, the Greek background, and um, I take that with me. Obviously, the, I'm very proud Australian and proud Greek uh, heritage. I've got the uh, the full Spartan uh, warrior on my back. And, yeah, I was uh, going to ask you about that. The whole Patasa uh, art um, on my back. You're a good friend of mine. Uh, Tattooit, George Tattooit, who's up in the Gold Coast in Robina. Anyone looking to get some really good work, um, definitely check him out. He's done all my work. Um, so I'm very proud. Very proud from where I come from. The uh, the uh, the whole uh, story about it is motivation to, to keep pushing forward. Yeah, have you been over to Greece yet? I went a couple of years ago, man, and it was unreal. No, I haven't. that's one place I really want to go back to the, to the uh, obviously the, the, the motherland, as they say. Um, I've travelled everywhere. I've been to America three, four times. I've been to Russia, Ukraine, Armenia, um, all these different countries. I've been to New Zealand last week. Obviously, I've been there for fighting, you know. It's very rare where I just have a holiday, but who knows? Hopefully, um, maybe the the uh, Greek people, as my name is bigger over there as well, we, we might hold a fight there one day. Oh, hell uh, yeah. Maybe do it. Maybe do it uh, at a at a, a kind of venue, maybe nothing or somewhere. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're onto something for sure, there, man. Yeah, and, I think, I think that would be huge. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be covering it for sure. 
Uh, I'll have to really touch on your training because before we got on air, we were just speaking about all your social media posts. I really like it, the fact that you're setting a really good example, showing you what you actually do on a day-to-day basis. So let's talk about a little bit about training and just the different ways that you do. What's a typical kind of week look like for you there, George? Well, I'll tell you exactly what my week is like, uh, obviously, when I'm in the U.S., in proper training camp in the U.S. Um, mornings are boxing, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we spar, um, we spar 8, 10, 12 rounds with different, uh, you know, two, three different sparring partners. Obviously, when I was in the U.S., I was sparring, uh, I'd do six with Ray Beltran, who's the number two in my division, then I'd do four with uh, Jose Ramirez, who's the number five in the division above. Um, then, obviously, we'd finish off the sparring, we'd finish off on the, on the floor to ceiling with speedball. Um, bad work from shadow boxing. Um, then obviously we go home, rest, recover, sleep, eat well, and then we're back in the gym at about three or four o'clock uh, for strength conditioning, getting, getting all the muscles, getting all the uh, muscles in quite endurance, right conditioning for the fight. Um, could be anything from kettlebells, powerlifting, circuit, uh, medicine ball, uh, workouts, ab workouts, ground workouts, all that stuff. Um, and we finished that about an hour and a half of, of, of uh, the strength training. Then later on at night, we'd, we'd uh, get some road work in as well. Or um, if I'm in LA, I don't like running at night in LA. Um, not for uh, not for the, uh, the reason I'm being worried about. Not for the reason I'm being worried about. Anyway, it's just hard, really hard to run in LA. There's so many traffic. traffic like, so yeah. much where it's pretty much stop, start, stop, start. It's kind of more like doing sprints. Um, so we, get, we jump on the treadmill and obviously do the, do the work there. Um, then obviously on the when we're not when we don't have sparring we uh, we're doing our pad work we're doing our bag work we're doing our conditioning for for uh, our technique and conditioning for the fight our 10 12 rounds of uh, bag work and then that's pretty much the whole week Monday Wednesday Friday sparring strength conditioning in the afternoon Tuesday Thursday pad work bag work um, eating right eating right at the same time and then on Saturday we do our UCLA in LA yeah. um, we do our track work track, yeah. that's where I actually I uh, met Ronda Rousey up there as well oh, nice one uh, I met her out there. We're doing the track work out there, um, stair work, and then Sunday is supposed to be a day off. Don't do anything. But somehow I find myself back in the gym on Sunday as well. My abs, my, my running, and I just can't help myself. You know, I feel like I, I've got to train. If I'm training, that I'm out working the, the opponent that's not doing anything. Um, that's pretty cool. Do you think that's your biggest point of difference? The fact that you're always working that that killer. I think so. I think it, it not only for myself. Physically and mentally, but I think these opponents, everyone, everyone's checking each other out on, on social media and having a look what are they doing, what, who they sparring, everyone does it, no matter what they say. Um, these guys definitely are checking what I'm doing and saying, oh, look, how, look how much this guy trained, stay off and he's still training, or, or you know, it's late at night and he's running, you know, it's two in the morning he's running. Um, you know, I'm not doing nothing. It, it, it plays a big mental factor, not only uh, for myself, but for the opponent. It's all, it's all um, mental warfare. George, what's that little man cave that I see on Instagram? Like, it's a beautiful little gym that you've set up, all the posters on the side. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's my own gym. That's my gym at home. That's where I'll be training now in a couple of hours again. Um, I set up... I, I had a nice space downstairs in the, in the area, and I go, you know what? This is a great great space for me to set up a little gym. Um, so, obviously, I put it all together, spent the money. It's not cheap to, to uh, obviously get all the training gear, but I've done it. Paying off, obviously, helps me. When I want to be away from everyone else and just, just put in the hard work, I got all my uh, strength conditioning stuff. I got the airdrop bike, I got the uh, the battle ropes, the bag work, the aqua bag. Got everything there that I need, and um, obviously some great great posters as well of of 
some uh, former champions and I've got Manny Pacquiao there as well where he's in there as well and um, obviously photos of myself for my, for my victories in my career. All right, we're going to enter a few just personality questions just to get a few more insights into George Cambosis. Yeah. The day before a fight, George, what are you doing? No, the day before before the fight, we're pretty much uh, not eating too much because we've got to make the weight. Um, just relaxing, storing all the energy, um, staying focused on the fight. You know, I'll, I'll replay the fight in my head maybe a hundred times. You know, the different techniques, um, you know, have it there, and then obviously. We'll, Try to stay relaxed as well at the same time. You don't want to really overthink the fight um, where, where you're stressing. You just want to stay relaxed. Um, think of your little key piece that you're going to do. Um, pretty much just relax and make sure we're on weight. Um, and then obviously we, we weigh in and then it's time to eat. You know, put the right food back into our body, uh, the right complex carbs, the right um, hydration. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm the ambassador of Alcohydrate, who is uh, who, uh, from uh, Mark Warburg and Pete in the US. Yep. The guys out there who I've met. Um, you know, put that right, right fluid back into me, um, all the good food, and then be prepared for, for the next day of the fight. Yeah. In terms of preparation for a fighter, are you watching much game tape, or is you just concentrating on yourself, man? Of the opponent? Not yeah. really. I'll watch a couple couple clips. Pretty much within a minute, I can see what they're doing, and that's all I've got to see. Um, once I pick up a few little mistakes in their style, I know that, you know what, this style can't, can't hurt me, can't affect me. Um, I can beat this guy with what I've seen. Same as Camille Barlow. Camille Barlow, I only watched a couple of tapes of him, a um, couple, couple of rounds of, of different fights, and that's all I had to see. He came out different to, to what we had seen as well. I knew the style was quite awkward, but I didn't think he was going to stay in South for, for so long. Um, so I adapt anyway. I adapt. I sparred so many different fighters. I fought different fighters. I've had 100 amateur fights in my, in my uh, amateur career. So I know what style, um, you know, whatever style that, that the opponent tries to, to uh, to put in the game plan, I, I uh, find it out real quick, and uh, obviously after that, I I start to do what I want to do and uh, punish him to to the fight over. George, do you have any superstitious superstitions? Sorry, no, not really, not really. I I, I believe all your hard work and, and um, you know it's done in training camp, and you, you make your own luck. Um, I'm not I'm not real big on the uh, superstition. I'm religious. So I'm very religious. So. Um, obviously, I do my, my prayer and, and to look after not only myself but the opponent. Obviously, I want to inflict as much uh, damage to the opponent, but you never want anyone seriously hurt. Um, so I know Camille Butler did, did cop a uh, uh, hairline fracture in his eye after the fight. So um, I wish him the, the best and the speedy recovery, and I know he'll be back. Yeah, well said, buddy. Is there anything that you find really fascinating outside of boxing, man? No, obviously I'm full of inks. Uh, I love I love my ink. Um, <laughs> you know, I love I love the ink, and I'm actually due for some some more. I've just been so busy, obviously traveling to the US and the flights and stuff. So it's been quite hard for me to to go up and see my good mate uh, George in the Gold Coast to get some more work. But I will after these flights are done. Um, other than that, you know, just just relaxing, you know, just uh, you know enjoying life. Um, I watch your sport. I love sport. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big footy fan too. I'm a Roosters supporter. You're a Roosters so supporter, aren't you? I'm a Roosters man. Obviously, uh, I know a few of the boys out there. And uh, obviously, Nick as well. He's, he's helped me out in the past and, and helps me whenever I need. Um, Uncle Nick. So, uh, obviously, yeah. It's all, it's all fun. Fantastic. Well, George, I want to thank you for stopping by. Before I let you leave, I want everyone to follow George on Facebook. He is George Ferocious Cambosis. On Instagram, he is George Cambosis Jr. Now, before I let you leave, George, 
for the people out there, you know, all your fans and new fans that you've probably picked up from this interview, buddy, why don't you leave them with yeah. a little bit of advice in terms of chasing their dreams, man? Yeah, I just want to obviously thank everyone that, that supported me behind me. Um, I get a lot, a lot of messages from, from so many people around the world. Um, that motivational video that's nearly on 2 million views now on YouTube has uh, inspired a lot of young kids. So look, young kids out there, um, if, you're, if you're, you know, you've got a goal, chase your goal. You know, don't let no one distract you. Don't let anyone um, tell you different. Chase it. Sometimes you're going to have uh, days where you have to look it's going to happen, but um, you've got to stay focused and hungry on, on what you want to achieve. And um, before you know it, you'll be at that level and you will achieve your goal. Um, as well, I want to thank, thank uh, all my sponsors, my backers that are behind me. Um, guys like people that are putting hard earned money into my career is uh, the reason why, why I'm moving up in the rankings and while I'm uh, doing the things that I'm doing as well as I want to thank you as well for, for having me on. Fantastic, George. Well, let's do it again, bud. When you, all the best of luck for June and obviously yep. congratulations for the baby due in July. Yep. And, you know, hopefully let's do it again end of the year. Yeah, definitely. Up some, some big wins and, uh, and, some big other, and some big stuff happening. Uh, we'll definitely have a nice chat at the end of the year with, uh, with the still undefeated uh, Australian lightweight champion, uh, George Rose Cambasa Jr. Most definitely, George. Well, Thank you for stopping by talking on TK. And like I said, all the best of luck, my man. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode with George Cambosis. If you haven't yet, remember to check out our episode with Mark Hunt. Next on the show, we've got the legend of motocross and the daredevil himself, Robbie Madison. So make sure you tune in. Remember to please subscribe to the show via iTunes and please leave us a five-star review. Now, until next time, please get in touch. My contact is Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. Please leave me any feedback or guest suggestions. I would love for you to get in contact. Until next time, I'm Tristan Cannell and this was Talking With TK.